commending cohesive content. Exploring epic epilogues. Proudly praising proper part twos. It's the follow-up showdown continuation celebration! Hello and welcome to the follow-up showdown continuation celebration. I am your host, making my version of the most with my time in quarantine, Paul Getz. Of course, this is normally the show where we try to improve on bad or non-existent second chapters. But in the spirit of fairness and out of love for the sometimes fruitful art of the sequel film, every now and then we're going to do one of these special editions in which we examine a part two that was worthy, that did get it right, discuss it, and perhaps see what we can learn from it. And today our teacher will be 1998's Babe Pig in the City. <laughs> Travis and Lauren will not be joining me today, but we do have an incredible guest to talk about this movie and its predecessor. He is a personal trainer and the co-founder of Biome Fitness in West Hollywood. Is that correct? That is correct. That. Wonderful. A dear friend of mine and a hell of a guy, Cody Olendorf. Cody, how are you? Hey, I am well, enjoying my quarantine life. Hey, oh, good, good. I'm glad you're one of those, just like me. Yes, and thank you for the, uh, the warm introduction there. Oh, anytime. Uh, now, Cody, I asked you to do this episode for two reasons. I'm sure you can guess at least the first one. Uh, is it because I, I grew up on a farm? <laughs> it is. Uh, and I already told you that. <laughs> so, right, this is a news but, uh, Well, I'm definitely going to... Uh, have a lot of questions about that, you know. Um, right up front, may I ask? Well, okay, so you were say on your farm, your father was the farmer, the farmer Hoggett. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I guess that would be yes, yeah. <laughs> Did he ever take particular interest in one of the animals? Uh, for our listeners, I wish I could say yes, but no, my father was very cold-hearted toward most animals. What? Did you farm animals? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had cows, we had a bunch of chickens, we have turkeys, cats, a dog, uh, never had any waterfowl, mm. but we had goats. Uh, my grandfather had pigs. We didn't actually keep pigs on our own family farm, though. Any particular reason? Oh, they're filthy. They're filthy and there's so much work. <laughs> they're not fun to be around that. Oh, okay. Well, they're summer cute. Oh, they're adorable. Especially the little, little baby piglets. Yeah. They're just so just adorable. I think and, maybe besides puppies, my favorite baby animal is the piglet, for sure. The piglet is the, your favorite? I think so, yeah. Oh. You don't know anything. How you I mean when you compare a piglet to a baby goat? Come on, mm. they look like little old men. I don't know the chubbiness of the pig though. The the, the, the little baby fat. Yeah. And the little tails are so cute. And they just go. <laughs> um, so, do you have any guess for the second reason that I asked you in particularly to do this episode? Oh God, I was as I was viewing both of these, I was trying to do some soul searching of what hidden meaning has has Paul. Uh, decided is, is the reason why I should be watching this film. And uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I don't know. I have nothing to come. Uh, 
mind. Okay, it is because these movies are co-written, and the second one is directed by none other than George Miller, the man behind the Mad Max movies. Oh! Yes, and I have a very distinct memory of you and I seeing Fury Road together. Oh, it's awesome! Um, yeah, I remember coming out of the theater just gushing like kids, being like, Oh my god, the part where the truck was... <laughs> the guy with the guitar, the blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I love that movie. And now yeah. that you say that it's George Miller and he did that, that makes the second one is so stylized. Which yes. I know we're going to get into that a little bit later, but wow, yeah. I have so many things to say about how that transpired. And it's definitely not what I had in my mind whenever I said, hey, let's do a sequel of this. Oh, yeah. Oh, agreed. He he really uh, takes a left turn, a hard left. Yeah. Uh, but I, yeah, but I but I enjoyed it. So he, in terms of the franchises he's been involved with, Mad Max, he did all of them. Mm. Babe, he was involved in both. And um, Happy Feet, which I have not seen the Happy Feet movies, but I now I feel that I must. Oh, I... <laughs> I, I think I'm gonna have to eventually see it because Robin Williams is in there, and I want to eventually see all his stuff. But I'm not looking. I, I don't know. I don't. I never had great optimism about it. This is the most optimistic I felt because George Miller seems like a guy who has good vision. Yeah, I guess I'll have to give it another try. <laughs> no. <laughs> Normally, we would have Travis do what would either be called a Travis McMaster Minute or two Travis McMaster Minutes. In his, in lieu of him being here, I'm going to try this. So I'm going to try to break down in two minutes what happens in both movies. So our listeners aren't lost when we start getting into the, into the stuff. Should I time you? Yes, yes, go ahead. Keep me honest. Okay. Uh, tell me when you want to um, start. Mm, now. Great. Baby's about a pig who's separated from his family and then won at a fair by a farmer who guesses his correct weight. He's then put on a farm where he finds a surrogate family with a dog and her puppies. Her puppies are taken away, and so she raises Babe as a son, even though her dog male companion thinks it's unnatural and People, the vibe around the farm is basically that every animal should do their own job, stay in their own place. He meets a duck named Ferdinand who wants to crow instead of the rooster. Um, babe is influenced by, oh gosh, okay, Babe is influenced by his uh, uh, dog family to herd sheep. He becomes really good at it, not using the dog style, but instead being very kind to the sheep and asking them to move. He becomes a great sheep herder. The farmer sees his potential. He takes him to a sheep herding competition, then he wins. Uh, uh, babe. Pig in the City is about uh, the farmer's wife finds out that they, if they do a state fair, a fair appearance, they can earn money. They're in trouble with the bank. The farmer has an accident, so the wife has to go uh, to the city to try to get to the state fair. A bunch of stuff uh, happens to her. She gets, ends up in prison. The pig ends up in a hotel uh, full of different kinds of animals who were at first mean to him, but then he saves the life of the toughest one of them. So that dog makes him the leader of all the animals. They are then kidnapped by uh, people from the pound, basically. Uh, babe helps them escape. Esme finds them there, takes them home, and brings all the animals from the hotel with her to the farm. You, well, you got 28 seconds. Oh, well, that's it, right? I did, oh. right? Yeah, I think you covered yeah. all the bases. Yeah, so that's what happens. <laughs> that's Babe and Babe Pig in the City in a nutshell. I hope you all caught that.
Um, so, okay, uh, let's let's start by talking about Babe, the uh, 1995 classic. Uh, what'd you think? Uh, but it's great. It's great. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, the fact that <laughs> Lord Elrond is in there is incredible. Oh, yeah. Hugo Weaving, the voice of the uh, stern male uh, sheepdog. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's... Yeah. Uh, Yes, he was great. Um, I yes, I love. I phew, I love this movie. Uh, I yeah, I really enjoyed this rewatch. I remember liking it as a kid. Um, this after having watched it this time, I have I think cried at some point every day since watching this and the second one, just oh. and in a good way. But just the pig is so darling and the message is so pure and just sort of the idea of any struggle or like they really these movies really tug at your heartstrings and that and really what's doing it for me the every day is the song that the farmer sings big oh that it's so good (laughs) yeah it's so so charming it's so honest it's so like all the words you've described it with it just it just feels it feels like a, a a parent singing to their child. Yeah, it feels like a movie that makes me want for a better world, almost. Because it's just sort of about, like, purity not being beat down or something. It's very... Yeah, it's not a sign it, of weakness. It's a, it is an actual, like, a, it's a quality trait to have. And people don't walk over you. It's great. Yeah, yeah, it's really nice. And um, that song is actually based on a... Uh, UK pop hit that has like a reggae tone. So those words are from a, I think, let me look this up here, 1978, uh, like reggae duet between Scott Fitzgerald and Yvonne Keeley. I don't like that version as much as what we got in Babe. No. <laughs> uh, but the main theme is apparently from a symphony, uh, a Saint-Saëns symphony. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I love the use of the song right at the beginning of the second one where they use it as the score. I was like, yes, this is how I want to be brought in. You know, Ugh. it really sets the tone for the second one. Although, I, I know we're not talking about the second one yet, but yeah. the beginning <laughs> of that is just, just bananas. But as far as Babe the Pig, also the beginning of it is very dark. Yes. Very dark. That that's another one that's getting me. It's that moment where his mother's taken away and he says goodbye, mother. Like just that image alone is ugh, it's horrible. Maybe the saddest. Like beans, the, the pig is so naive. Babe is so naive to yes. what is happening in the world. And I think it's you know, for both of us coming from Missouri, uh, from a smaller town. I mean we got from a smaller town. Moving to Los Angeles, it's very much like that. It's just we don't actually the ba- the pig, and then we don't really know what is to happen. Like we we all, we assume this is happening. This is what we've seen. This is what we've been told. But it yeah. doesn't ever end up the way that you think it's going to. Uh, and I think that's how they do that in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that that message in there in the first one about just sort of I never really thought about the idea that the pig is not formed for anything but eating in comparison to every other animal. Um, so they really hit that nail on the head. And apparently it resonated like uh, pork uh, production or pork sales went down 20% right after the release of Babe for a while. For a no while. way. 
That's yeah. like some Freakonomics <laughs> stuff there. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty cool one. Um, I did remember that there's pig skins because the football is an actual pig skin, right? So that's that's yeah. the second thing. You throw the pig skin around. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I assume that's real. Anyway, um, that's <laughs> <It is> real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, in that way, uh, as well as others, it was a huge success. It cost twenty million to make. It earned sixty-four million in uh, the U.S. and two hundred and fifty-four million worldwide. Um, and it was nominated for seven Academy Awards: uh, Best Picture, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Director, and the only Oscar nomination for James Cromwell. Uh, as Farmer Hoggett. Which is also crazy because he's phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. And he, but he is spectacular in this. I mean, he absolutely deserved to be up to this. This was. <laughs> yeah. He's got, I believe, every minute uh, uh, of his screen time and his dialogue, although little, is yes. impactful. It says exactly what it needs to say and it doesn't take away from the story in any way. Absolutely. I absolutely agree. Supposedly, uh, according to James Cromwell, he said when he says his iconic line, you know, that'll do pig, that'll do. Uh, he said that he was practicing in the mirror and he, in the reflection, he saw his father and in his head while he was saying the line, he heard his father say, that'll do Jamie, that'll do. Um, oh. and, uh, just this, apparently this whole experience was very, uh, it was very big for him. The first movie he came through not doubting himself, and he, he took it very personally. Um, That's pretty powerful. Yeah. I mean, Whoa. that line worked just as well as I remember. I mean, I, I get why it's iconic. It's great. It's great. It's so, I, I don't know, it fits, it fits the story so well. Uh, it's simple, but it's complex in the sense of that'll do sounds very just like, oh, that's okay. But that'll do yeah. from this person's per, like mouth. It's just the, yes. the highest accolade that you can get. It is the yeah. the, the affirmation that you need from this yeah. man that is so hard on the exterior. Yeah, ugh, ugh, it's so good. And my uh, my girlfriend Kim, she is a uh, uh, younger than I. Uh, she did not know <laughs> that's what line was from. She thought it was from Shrek because of. They parody it with the that'll do, don't gay, that'll do. Oh, that's a good Mike um, Myers. Oh, yeah, you know, big Scottish, you know. <laughs> yeah, <not> <laughs> um, and apparently this movie made John Dreams Com- Cromwell, who was already a vegetarian, made him a vegan. Just sort of. Hey! Live the message, yeah. That's very, that's, um, that's actually the reason why you wanted me to do this, right? Yes, Cody is also a vegan. So if you ever see James Cromwell out there, you can uh, you've got a thing in common to bring up. Me like, hey, I know any vegans out there? Oh my goodness, are you James Cromwell? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly how the conversation would go. <laughs> got time for lunch? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, oh hell! Okay, my last. Fun actor fact from from the first babe, um, Magda Zubansky, the woman who played Esme Hoggett, uh, was in her early thirties in Babe, and they, no. <laughs> yes, and they made they made her up to look twenty years older. They made her look thirty years older. She's I mean she is just as of now that age. That's 
It's incredible. She just because I think she was thirty four. Wow. And like, yeah. And how far apart were the first and second one? Do you know? Babe was released in nineteen ninety five, as I've said, which was the year of the pig. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It was like, oh, it's ready for Christmas. Let's let's release it. No, 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 no. Wait, no, no, no. wait another month. Pump the brakes. Sorry. Pig in the City was ninety eight. Well, that's a long time for a sequel. Yeah. I mean, not not some. I mean, like Men in Black. I think between the first and second one was like five years. Well, also, it seemed like George Miller with this one really had like a specific vision, and he wanted to build like a whole city set for. So I guess yeah. maybe pre-production on it was just crazy. That makes sense. Oh, okay. Well, you know, basically, we've already moved on to talking about uh, the sequel. So yeah, Babe, Pig in the City, 1998. Despite the first one's success, the biggest flop of 1998. It cost $90 million and made 69.5, I think, worldwide. So, really? Uh, yeah. And critically, also a flop. I think uh, 65% on Rotten Tomatoes, whereas the first one has a 97%. That's so crazy because the second one, although it gets a little, I think, a little goofy, a little unrealistic, it's good. It's a good movie. Yeah. I never was bored. I never thought, like, this is just so outrageous that this could never happen. Uh, yeah. A minor things here and there throughout the whole thing, but most of it was pretty, pretty spot on. Yeah, I thought it was really inventive, and and even though it, it was uh, like a lot wilder, and I think maybe funnier than the first one, um, it also had a great emotional resonance in, in itself. Um, so, uh, as I said, I just giving you the origin of where uh, George Miller's uh, start with this story came from. Apparently, in 1986. He became interested in the story during a long plane flight from Sydney to London, uh, where the woman seated next to him was uh, reading Dick King Smith's book, The Sheep Pig, uh, which Babe is based on. And then apparently upon landing, he found the book in a bookstore and immediately began negotiating with the author for the rights. And it took him 10 years to talk him into allowing him to make the movie. So this was a 10 year labor of love for George Miller. Dang, that's a lot. That's a long time, I feel like. Yeah, and it's crazy to think that he did that 10 years to make that first one and then went even further with it and decided to make up a whole new story. Like the first one's based on a book. And then he went, you know what? I'm not done with this. I'm going to do something even bigger and even crazier and like totally new with another chapter to this story. That's like just such a uh, it's incredible. Yeah, and it sounds like him and the director of the first one, who he also co-wrote the first one with, uh, had a bit of a falling out because uh, Chris Noonan was not invited to this premiere of Pig in the City. Uh, well, he might not have liked the ridiculous big city that they go to, which is essentially just every major city ever just kind of smashed into yeah. one. It is a very coolly constructed metropolis of like... Yeah, it's every city put together, and even just the small area that they're in is like a little square around like a Venice Canals. Yeah, it's like a, yeah, it's like a Florence sort of yeah. New York slash San Francisco, Los Angeles. Uh, I, I imagine there's some sort of Middle Eastern influence in there at some point. I, I don't want to say that Taj Mahal was in there, but I feel like something similar to that is there. Yeah, they. it, it was... A very clearly a very specific idea, like a visual that was very, I mean, like you've never seen it anywhere 
before. It was really, yeah, like like we were saying, inventive. He, uh, but so this movie came out, did horribly critically, did horribly money wise. Uh, the president of Universal Studios made a statement about it, saying it was one of the two worst movies that ever made. Uh, the other one being The Wolfman. What? What? However, and I remember this from back when it came out, because I remember thinking Pig in the City looked a little ridiculous. Of course. Um, it was Gene Siskel's final best movie of the year. He died the next year. So this was the final, his final number one movie of the year, Babe Pig in the City. And I remember at the time thinking like, oh, wow, he's like getting senile. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> uh, but he stuck to his guns. And uh, that year, Saving Private Ryan, Life is Beautiful, uh, Shakespeare in Love, those were some of the oh. other fav- critical favorites. Some yeah. fantastic films. This, I, ooh, I wonder this isn't. This is a very different genre than Saving Private Ryan or Shakespeare in Love, but still really yeah. good. It was still a really good film. I'm su- I'm surprised with that. I'm surprised that it got such a critical massacre. Yeah, <laughs> the it has a cult status now, and um, it's apparently one of Tom Waits' favorite films. So that's fun. Um, that yeah, I would say um, that uh, this film holds up extremely well. The only in terms of the cartoonishness, the only moment I questioned, and this is crazy to say, but when they're doing the like Cirque du Soleil thing where her suspenders are caught oh. on the chandelier and the waiters are like using the, I don't even know, like the curtains to like swing after her and stuff. I understood why the chef wanted to take the pig because he's a chef and he wants to cook the pig, I guess. But <laughs> I understand why anybody else was trying to take a pig away from this woman this poor woman who <laughs> is clearly only there to get the pig <laughs> like i mean what was yeah, the problem yeah <laughs> and then also there was it was supposed to be hysteria right there's this woman sing, swinging from a clown suit there's all these animals <laughs> yeah. that are loose these chimpanzees are doing this and they're over there and that and this one's pretending to be a human and every like the people that are in attendance of this ball this gathering i didn't i I don't think i caught the words that they were actually doing but they're all just sitting down a gal yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, nobody moved yeah Uh, (laughs) just kind of just sat around and watched it all unfold and then they were all horrified that the chimpanzee was doing the same uh yeah which that's a whole there's a there's a whole side story there with them that i didn't particularly care for the the chip and the orangutan yes the chimpanzee and the orangutan excuse me the orangutan is the one that's pretending to be a human Thelonious. 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 that's right i really enjoyed the scene where they had to wait for him to put his clothes on I thought that was really sweet. <laughs> I don't think it was, um, it wasn't done poorly, but I'm not sure. Yeah. I guess I really didn't understand why Thelonious was, what was it about him that made him in charge, but he wasn't in charge. And what was he, yeah, I guess he why was he so dramatic, I guess? Yeah, they never really got in. I mean, they didn't, I liked that they gave every character a memorable personality, but they didn't get deep into a lot of them. Crazy. Oh man, Mickey Rooney is Uncle Fugly. That blew oh. my mind. 
Yeah. That was so. <laughs> that was. He came out there. I was he like, was what? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. Last couple notes I have about Pig in the City. I was hoping for more from the original song because apparently that was nominated for an Oscar that year. Mm-hmm. Um, it was Peter Gabriel singing, who I like, and it was written by Randy Newman. Oh. But it just didn't hit for me. It uh, wasn't great. That'll do pig you know it's like i don't know it's a little it's just a little too on the nose it felt but, like it was written for the film and not just like as a was, song and obviously it was written for the right. film but i think a lot of songs that are do well at the academy awards are songs that are yeah. yes they're for the movie but then they're also like oh they're just a really good song for instance yeah. skyfall yes absolutely yeah absolutely it's a, good, a great example and even just take pig out of there you yeah. know what i mean <laughs> you can you can use that'll do independent anything yeah. else that'll do <laughs> you, you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, great, great um, I hope that is yeah as simultaneous in quarantine sound it might not sound like it but it was it was simultaneous um, <laughs> real fun fact here um, I did I did know half of this but I didn't know the other half so Christine Cavanaugh is the voice of Babe in the first one and she's also the voice of chucky finster on rugrats she dropped out of pig in the city because of uh contract uh negotiations falling through and was replaced by elizabeth daly who voices tommy pickles on rugrats oh interesting <laughs> uh, okay i feel like they, they have relatively similar voices or, or they yeah and for job. babe in particular like he, he's got a different voice than like chucky he's just got kind of uh, like a you know very timid yeah they, they, yeah if i had i not known i might not have known you know i did not know until you told me this moment i don't i don't watch the credit ah yeah okay well good that's how i was able to break the george miller thing too although i don't know if you knew george miller by name either no but, i didn't yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome um okay so all right uh this is a, a unique episode it's about it's talking about a good sequel but uh, I, so i do have sort of my normally i have a series of questions i go through before we do our pitches uh i have new questions this time the first is actually the same uh as i usually ask did babe need a sequel did babe need a sequel i would have to say that the film that you watch babe just babe there is no need of a sequel. They give us everything that we need. They give us the story. They wrap it up nicely. They put it in a little bow, and then it is over. There's no. I don't think there's any necessity for a sequel. Agreed. Agreed. I think, and the uh, message comes across. There's no. Yeah, you're not left wanting for anything at the end of Babe. Absolutely. No. I am glad that they did make a sequel, but absolutely, it's it's the idea to a sequel almost seems. A little nuts, like of of even doing one. It seems like a a, the old Hollywood thing where oh, this one did really well, so if we just make another one, it'll do just as well. Okay, so then my second question uh, for this uh, uh, continuation celebration uh, is why did it work? And my first argument uh, for why Babe Pig in the City worked, uh, at least in terms of what stuck with me in it appealing as a second chapter to the first, in addition to all the inventive 
crazy visuals and kooky ideas was that scene where Babe saves the life of the drowning dog with the boat. Yes. That's another thing that's had me crying for days. It's it's such a beautiful, pure, lovely moment, and it's and it's it. it I, I I I'm still wrapping my head around how emotional it made me because it like first I was scared and I was sad and then I was horrified and then I was uh, lifted up by like a force greater than anything human <laughs> and this perfect, wonderful little pig in this moment i like it absolutely sold again how wonderful the character of babe is and why he deserves multiple stories yeah they i i completely agree with that scene in particular i as it was happening because i mean you can kind of see where it's going through as it starts you see the lawnmower and, yeah which is just bananas uh the yeah. whole <laughs> chasing thing but oh, when it gets under so, it, it's it goes to that really dark place and just like, oh my god, is this dog gonna I won't ruin this yeah. for the viewers, but is this really going to happen here? Uh, yeah. I I couldn't believe it. And then when they then when I when you could see the resolution happening, it was just Oh, okay, great. But to your argument, I absolutely agree that what made this one a success was that it was you start the film under the guise of this is going to be uh the same thing. The pig is going to go do the thing, and it's going to do the shooting. Yeah. We're going to get the the lady character in there more. That's true. She's going to do exactly what the male character did last time, and we're going to see it unfold relatively similarly. And then yeah. they don't do that at all. It was a great mislead. And I know you were saying earlier about how the uh, the opening is so bananas. And it is, <laughs> but I loved especially in fitting it in with the rest of what happens in the city as a cohesive piece. I loved how fantastical it was. Like the men from the bank were these dark figures that sort yes. of had their own music and, and, and were horrifying. And then that accident that babe causes in the well is no joke. That's like nuts. I was like, Oh, you did. You know, when that, I think they came it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that, which I, Definitely, as you as you'll hear in my uh, my pitch that I that I came up with after watching the first Babe, I absolutely did not see. I thought Farmer Hoggett was going to be all over it. I thought we were getting, yeah, and we were going to get another Hoggett movie, which, which we did. We just got the wife. Uh, they, yeah. yeah, what it does. I think the beginning of the of Babe Pig in the City. What was so great about it for me, at least, was that they set up. They we ended. Whatever uh, part of the story that didn't that wasn't finished that would get us to the new story, they summed it up really quick in that first maybe five minutes. Yeah, of the film. with that great narrator whose voice is just oh, fantastic. Yeah. yeah, this was yeah. this was the the prologue to this second chapter or the second book of of Babe, and it, it was yeah. great. It was like the the note from the author it was awesome, and that kookiness runs its line all the way through everywhere you go and it never gets old like i felt like all the new ideas were always fun i loved that the people with pig faces loved the pig and were nice to the only people in the city who were nice to them <laughs> that's fantastic <laughs> see that i i like that but it's also <laughs> i was just like oh my god these poor people that look like pigs uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, so I do. 
I do like that concept because they really sell this sort of that the city is different than the farm. It's rough. Nobody cares about anybody. You're you're on your own. Uh, it's seedy. Uh, and like she, Esme is involved in that gang fight that so quickly escalates and gets her arrested. And oh. it's like. <laughs> <laughs> it just goes there. Yeah, and I like, but I just like how fun of a band-aid it is to put over like, well, why did something nice happen? Because nothing nice happens in the city. Oh, it's because this person looks like a pig and is maybe a little kinder <laughs> to the yeah. world for that. And uh, also something we mentioned uh, off, off mic a little bit was how amazing that physical comedy with Esme was with the oh. dress splitting and the clown suit and, oh man. Everything. The clown suit, I honestly didn't expect to see that come back after we saw Mickey Rooney get carried out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the squeaking. And then, with every who step. Is, <laughs> who is the actress that played like, the, the, the hostel for the animals? What, what, what's that name? Yeah, name? I don't or know actor, her me. name. I, I don't know that actress's name. I believe she's the same woman from The Grinch, who's the teacher the grinch's school teacher no is it i don't know i don't want to be wrong about that maybe i'm wrong about that either way i don't know her name Ooh, i loved when the woman who called the animal control got her comeuppance across oh, the street can you, what was that so the reason why they did that was because oh okay so <laughs> The way, the way I understood it was okay. that woman was always this troublesome neighbor who hated the animals, and then she called animal control, and then those two women together, Mrs. Hoggett and the hotel owner, rented out the hotel space to this giant hotel-sized nightclub <laughs> and, uh, and used that money to live happily forever after on the on the farm together with all the animals i guess i just don't understand why did that woman hate animals so much because she hated the noise right and the filth associated with it i which i guess i guess hating the noise is understandable but i definitely got the vibe that she was just meddlesome like a rule follower like not allowed type of okay type of thing i don't know how i feel about the ending of it or i, just, I yeah. guess that, that one particular element of it it just didn't seem, it didn't sit well for me. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't make a lot of sense. But, <laughs> you know, uh, you got to punish your bad guys. Um, this is so, okay. So then my final question that I have before we get into these pitches is, do you like your sequel better than oh, Pink City? No, not at all. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Watching, so we won't have looking at my pitch and being like, "Oh God, Cody, you should not pitch a film ever." Great. <laughs> 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 well, you're like, Cody, you are horrible and soulless. <laughs> wow, you really went on a journey. I can't wait. Um, okay, yeah. Well, so then, yeah, we're for a couple weeks. <laughs> Uh, I don't like my pitch better than Babe Pig in the City either, so we do not in any way have to uh, put our pitches against. We don't have to vote. There will be no winner declared. This is just us pitching for the sake of seeing what we came up with. 
and how it differed from what we were given. So do you, do you want to go first? You want me to go first? I'll have you go first. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, it's not, you know, Babe is a simple film. And, um, and so this is not an overly complicated pitch, but this is just sort of after watching Babe, what I said to myself, I would like to see as the second chapter. Okay, so Babe makes it his mission to help every animal on the farm find their own destiny like he has found his. But since they won the, like, you know, so he's any animal who has an interest in doing something like a cow who wants to pull the cart instead of the horse or something like right. that. Um, but since he, they won the, the championship, Hoggett and Babe have become a highly demanded touring act, um, a notion heavily encouraged by Esme for the sake of the money. Um, and so he takes Babe away from the farm. Once Babe realizes how unhappy a life of fame away from home makes the farmer, um, and the fact that the farmer is doing all of it for uh, his own benefit, the sheep pig's mission becomes to get them back home, even if it means giving up his own dream of herding. So it's sort of a thing where James Cromwell is, thinks he's doing it for the pig, and the pig is doing it for James Cromwell, but they can't communicate. So I'm thinking maybe there's a scene where it's like they break down in the hotel room or something and they both yell, but they don't hear each other. Like, I'm doing this for you or something. Okay. Um, and then uh, meanwhile, Esme is having a doozy of a time dealing with all these animals, odd behavior around the farm because under <laughs> Babe's influence, they're all doing their own thing. Um, and by the time... <laughs> By the time Hoggett and Babe return, the place has become a tourist attraction known for this very thing. Animals sort of doing <laughs> their thing about the place. Uh, in the end, Farmer Hoggett and Babe are able to stay put and fulfill their destiny at home by giving tours of the land, um, which Babe sees as like herding people. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, visitors, you know, pay uh, for the right to visit their quirky kingdom. And that's, uh, and that, oh, and uh, so that's the end of my pitch, and that I call Babe's Destiny. So that's my title. Well. <laughs> I felt like it was a, a decent offshoot of the concept. I think so. I think it pays homage to the original, but also it has the ability to create something new and maybe some other beloved characters that we didn't necessarily get. We don't have Ferdinand. Maybe we do have Ferdinand. Or Ferdy, as he yeah. can I will say, as an aside, I really enjoyed his role in Pig in the City. And I yes. enjoyed... I thought I, I didn't think I would, but then I really enjoyed how they sort of just made him a piece of shit. Where, like, he's so lazy, he makes the... A uh, seabird carry him in his mouth, and then like <laughs> lies to him about why. Uh, like I, I love the idea that someone, a soul as pure as Babe's best friend, would be a shitty sidler type who, yes, like you know, tries to take advantage all the time, and you know, yeah, great. He's, he's a he's an opportunist, whatever, whatever the best yeah. thing is. He's like, oh, I'm gonna go over here now. He's great. Well, at what? I wonder at what point ducks became got a reputation for that because Daffy Duck is very much that way. Um, oh yeah, they're sort of out for themselves um, all the time. Yeah. Huh. Did you did you know ducks? 
on your farm? Uh, we had ducks, but they weren't like domesticated. They were just whatever flew in. We had a pond and they would stay there. Oh, gotcha. So no mischievous ducks, cousin, <laughs> cousin <Ryan. laughs> No, no mischievous ducks and no yeah. nothing crowing at the at the sunrise. There is. There oh, is really? No you said you had chickens, right? But no rooster. No, we had a rooster. We had several roosters. And they didn't crow with the dawn. Uh, that is a no. They do not. They do not crow with the dawn. They crow and just kind of whenever they want to. Uh, it is not to uh, mess with the sunrise. Oh, that's oh shoot. That's that's a fun one. Uh, debunked. Right oh, there. <laughs> I mean, it does happen at sunrise as well, but it also it just kind of happens yeah. throughout the day and sometimes in the evening. Okay, gotcha. Oh, this is this is great. This is this is the rich wealth of information I was hoping to get in this interview. <laughs> yeah. It's the inside stuff. Uh, so I did want to ask before we hear your pitch. Um, I have one more farm question in case oh, we don't right. get to any more, which is in. I guess specific, more specifically in Babe, because they don't spend much time on the farm in two. Were there any, was there any farm stuff that was just flat out wrong? Like, nope, that is not how that would, how that would go. That's not how you would pick that. That's not how you would uh, shave a sheep. Shear oh. a sheep. Yes. Uh, ooh. Yeah. I guess I wasn't really paying attention to, to see what, or there wasn't anything that was glaringly obvious uh, other than when, Mrs. Hoggett is tending to the farm. Uh, clearly, she's doing it wrong, but she's supposed to be doing it wrong. She is not. Oh, right, right. <laughs> she is not the farmer. Uh, Did you like just slap your head? Oh, Hoggett. This <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I was, there's something, I think, in almost every movie that I've ever seen that has animals in a farm situation. They're always straw and hay. Do we know the difference between straw and hay? I don't. I certainly don't. Good. Yeah. Well, you're the target audience then. <laughs> uh, so yeah. straw is what is left after, left over after you harvest wheat. You take the tops off of it, and you get these long stalks that are hollow, that are not nutritious in any way. I never knew straw was wheat. Yes. Uh, or part is, of the wheat plant. Or, that huh. is what straw is. So animals don't eat straw. They eat hay, which is just different types of grasses that are nutritious and, and good for them. And I was, I think, almost because hay doesn't look very exciting on screen, like it's not very shiny, it's kind of dull, and it just looks like a big pile of grass. I, I believe that most of the time they use straw for, to, in place of hay because it's golden and it's shiny and it just looks way more interesting than, than, than hay does. Gotcha. That is, well, that is interesting. That's a, oof. Yes, we got one. We got two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did. I did. Oh, nothing. Nothing that was over to me. The only one that um, seemed over to me, and then was like confirmed by looking at the uh, the goofs on this movie, was that um, when Mrs. Hoggett is trying to like measure Babe to see if he's ready to eat, she turns him on his back and like is touching his belly, and he has a uh, female. Nipples all over his teeth. Yes. Yes. Which, uh, so do. I don't know why they left that in there. I don't know why that, because that's a pretty big oversight. It's a pretty close shot of that belly. Was We didn't necessarily know the gender of the. That's of true. The they don't say it. It, it. It's pig. It's just babe. Yeah, you're right. 
So maybe they were ahead of the game and just saying it was a they or a them. You know what? I like that. I hope that is the case because it doesn't. It doesn't matter. He's it is just a pure spirit. The spirit of it, they. I believe we use they. They are just a pure spirit. Oh. Well, it's a pig. So I think. I'm... <laughs> well, okay. Did you? Okay. I know that animals. Because we've talked about this uh, numerous times over the course of our friendship, and just sort of as an aside, but I know we've talked about you know animals are animals. They they do their role. They serve you know uh, the farmer and and the land and uh, your needs. Um, so I totally understand that. But did you or did you or any member of your family particularly have affection for any of the farm animals? Oh, I mean, of course, we were kids. <laughs> That's oh, so you oh really so you did experience that sort of love of the I guess maybe not their personalities but their uh, cuteness absolutely have you ever seen a baby calf or a baby cow a calf they're I mean uh, not in person no they are adorable they are just like big calves we had this one it was a black baldy um, and we called it Easter because their name they were born on Easter and they had a white face and a black body but this cow in particular it was born was very very playful it was like energetic and jumped around a lot and like it would just kick its legs out in every direction all the time and it was just hilarious to watch but even okay. in its even in their uh, adult years as they got older they would still just like launch themselves into the air and kick their legs out and like just legitimately have fun. There was no fundamental reason for this cow to do this. And most of the other cows did not behave that way. But Easter in particular would just lose their mind and just go run and flail and kick around. And it was so it was it was adorable to watch. And I absolutely loved that cow. Many rest in peace. They have gone off to to the to, to, they've been put out to pasture, as they say in the farm world. Was the cow sold, or did the cow die of old cow age? So, on our farm in particular, we <laughs> sold the cow. Okay, gotcha. Yes. So Easter um, was only with us for seven years, I think. We had we had which is actually a pretty long time for cows. Are there farms in which people have animals and just let them live there? And don't use any other stuff. I mean, maybe not the milk of the cows and the eggs of the chickens, but like, are there farms where people just literally set them up so that animals can live lives and and be born and die, or just? Oh yeah, yeah. Actually, my my grandpa. We used to. I would say most contemporary farms at this point are like that. They're they're people that just like to have these animals around and just enjoy genuinely enjoy taking care of them. Uh. It, to, okay. The, the meat industry or the farming industry is so huge now, and you have to be such a massive establishment to make any sort of money to do it. You ha- you have to you you can't do it just anybody that has just a few head of cattle or a few hogs or a few of anything. It's not they're not doing it for any reason other than if they want to have their own fresh eggs or if they want to have their own fresh meat or if they just genuinely like having a farm style and uh, life. Gotcha. Okay, great. That that makes me feel better about some very specific cases in the world. That's nice. Okay, so then do you wanna do you wanna give us your pitch? So the babe for Cody Ollendorf, uh, babe two as it will be named or as it is in my notes. I didn't think of babe destiny. That's good. That's good. Mm. Um, for me, the the babe babe two is going to be a love story. <gasps> 
Because who doesn't want to see two piglets fall in love? Or maybe they aren't pigs. Maybe it is a different animal. Yeah. Oh. So following the events of Babe, we've got the sheep pig. This is an amazing creature. And it's so amazing that we must go on tour for the national championship of sheep herding. Mm -hmm. This seems Mm -hmm. like the next likely step, as to me, in any sort of sequel. Farmer Huggett loads up the pig and... Ferdinand follows along by like stealthily creeping in and he will be in throughout the whole film. Um, but he leaves his mom fly or his surrogate mother fly. And she's very upset and he's very emotional. He doesn't want to leave, but he goes anyway because this is what he has to do. And it's to make money for the farm and, 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 and whatnot. So they go to these national championships. And this is when we learn that Babe is not necessarily singular in his skill set of being able to herd sheep where babe meets the likes of a rabbit a turkey a llama an ostrich or an emu either one i don't really know which i want to go there or and and other pigs and all of these animals do things uh in in my mind they are all sheep animals they all can herd sheep but they are just from different walks of life so (laughs) <laughs> they are just essentially, they have the same story as Babe, and Babe learns that he is not necessarily alone in his ability or his talent. Um, mm-hmm. So over the course of the, thing, the movie, he actually runs into his sheepdog brothers and sisters, that you could say. So the dogs that have oh, been sold. Pups. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah. we, so we meet one of them. It doesn't matter necessarily which one, but we, we meet them and we know that they're okay and that they are all doing well and they get together, but they are now rivals. Oh, yeah, sure. So there is some tension there. But and of course, I feel like Babe would be approaching it like, well, you're my brother. I love you. And they'd be of like, course. yeah, get away, scrub, you know, or whatever. This <laughs> 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 exactly what I was going for. So there is some some uh, some tension between siblings. There are pseudo siblings. Uh, but over the course of this, like, you know, there's there's rounds, and Babe is very very upset. But then Babe also becomes very smitten on another pig, another sheep pig, a foxy opposite gender of whatever Babe is. Now that we've discussed that, I haven't really thought of that in this dot context. But for the sake of our argument, Babe is male, and he is chasing a female pig. So she is got bows in her hair and she is also phenomenal at her job, but she is a taker and she gets in between the sheep dog uh, and, mm-hmm. and, and babe and they become even more intense rivals because she is courting both of them. Oh boy. And eventually yeah. she breaks babe's heart and babe can no longer go on with the competition. Oh, he is oh. so upset. Oh. And oh, no, no. much like in the first babe, Farmer Hoggett has to try to console babe or get him oh. back up into fighting shape. And to yes. do this, he does the only thing that he could possibly think of where he calls Mrs. Hoggett to bring who does everybody want to see? Who is the only person in everybody's life that you ha- when you see this person, you just melt and you were honest and you were you're just your foolish baby self but it's i gotta mom. say mom uh so fly she brings fly so fly comes 
to the national championship uh, with Mrs. Hoggett. There's obviously a reunion between Mr. and Mrs. Hoggett because he's been gone for so long, but then Fly <laughs> there finds Babe, talks, you know, the, the usual tropes of like, it's okay, it's his heartache, it's going to happen. And then from there on, Babe goes on with the determination of it does not matter, I will make it through this, and wins the, the, the competition with his pup brother and or sister who is in second place and they have by the end of it made up and we see that the the female pig is defeated and she has gotten her comeuppance i guess you could say hmm. awesome so uh, that would be i love babe too yeah i love i love this pitch i love this pitch and i love that you went uh similarly to pig in the city you you brought in different animals and you had particular ones in mind um i also think that there would be a rich uh possibility for there to be some fun eccentric uh humans at, at the odd herding convention of course um for hoggett to interact with that sounds really fun um, I, I assume because Babe's gift for herding comes from him, his kindness and his ability to sort of just uh, uh, bring himself down to everybody's level. I assume that the female pig's style of herding would be different. Of course. They all have slightly different yeah. styles. That is great. I, I like yours better than mine. I think both <laughs> of ours were more the sort of like traditional... Uh, follow up to what we got, but I, I I think that you you spent a little more time building the world. I I was very impressed, Cody. That's great. Thank you. But that is not the movie that we got. We got something so no. strange and different. Which I'm I I'm actually very happy that you asked me to do this because I would have never watched Babe Pick in the City had you not suggested this. Yeah, and this was I, I you know in the future I want to do uh like more of these uh, appreciative uh, of good sequel episodes. And, I, I, you know, they're, I'm going to get some more obvious ones like uh, Terminator 2 and Back to the Future 2. But I wanted to start with this because I only ever heard this sort of reputation for it being good and weird and unique. Uh, and I sort of wanted to put it to the test. And I was not disappointed. You know, yeah, they gave us they gave us a, a cinematic uh, uh, experience and, and, and a real treat. And uh, I can't uh, recommend either of these movies enough. They might have you crying for a week uh, if you're like me, um, but uh, but it's worth it and it and it feels good. Um, but Cody, thank you so much for coming and doing this. Before we wrap up, is there anything that you personally would like to take this time to plug uh, in your world? I I want to say yes, but at this time, no. Cool. Nothing is uh, certain now, except that I have time to record a podcast. So uh, look forward to more tablets of wisdom from me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I always look for the tablets of wisdom from Paul. Much like yeah. Moses. Moses. Which one was the burning bush? Yes. Right? And, that was Moses. And- I'm not going to butcher that <laughs> analogy anymore. Um, I'm just going to take this time to say thank you again for listening see the babe movies and um you know maybe one day you and i can get back together uh on this show to talk about the happy feet franchise i i look forward to it thank you good um well for all you listeners out there uh take her easy and uh, i'm gonna stop recording now <laughs> and now
on the next follow-up showdown. If I sound a little aggressive today, it's because we're talking about something of a sore spot for me, the Men in Black series. No one has had that horrific experience. That's almost like a joke experience. That's almost proof that you're in hell. (laughs) 